Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Time now for our play by play call of the day. Swung on and lined to deep left field. It is high, it is far, it is gone. Aaron Judge hit a line drive, home run to left. A Judgean blast. All rise. Here comes the Judge. Another judgment day. Aaron Judge hits a two-run home run to left. A bullet, an absolute bullet into the seats over the auxiliary scoreboard. And the Yankees take a 7-4 lead. John Sterling with a call on WFAN and the Yankees Radio Network. Aaron Judge with his first ever postseason home run, a two-run shot to left, and the Yankees beat the Twins 8-4 to last night and now get the Cleveland Indians in a best-of-five divisional series. Tonight it's Colorado and Arizona. Of course, we had Drew Goodman on the play-by-play voice of the Rockies in the previous half hour. Donnie Collins has seen his fair share of Yankee prospects over the years, rolling through scranton Wilkesbury, but he also covers Penn State football as well. He is one of the best without question. Good to hear you back again, Donnie. Good to be back, Steve. All right, let's uh, get to this. I'll, I'll start with the football part uh, because when you look at Penn State, I think people are disappointed they've been punting at times this year. Uh, how do you look at how the offense has played? Yeah, you just summed it up. I mean, I think they've been fine. I mean, I, I, I know that there's so many people out there with you know the statistics, and they they don't they don't want to judge players based on how, how, many, how often they win or, or systems on how, how many points it scores and stuff like that. But I, I don't know how else you judge it. <laughs> I, think, you know, I, I think they're playing very well. I think they're I, – I, I see where Franklin's coming from. I, you know, the, the offensive line's playing well enough to win. But they're playing well enough to win. And, and I think everybody else has, has been pretty good. I mean, Barkley's been otherworldly. McSorley, when he's given time, is making his throws and – yeah, and, and I'm honestly I'm very surprised. Not surprised. Um, I, I, I guess the word is I, you know, I'm pleased with what Deshaun Hamilton has given. I, I think Juwan Johnson's made his plays at times, but Hamilton's been the guy I think who's who's kind of emerged as the big play threat. That after the last two seasons, I don't I don't know if if if, if I thought he would be. So I, I think they've been pretty good on offense. I I, I, I like the way they've played. I think they. You know, they're ranked number four in the country and undefeated, and, you know, that, that would indicate to me that, that they've played well on offense. I, I know that others disagree. I, I read social media, too, but, you know, I, I think that it's, it's been, been fine. Well, what's interesting is you look at what they did uh, last year against Iowa, and offensively they did about the same thing against Iowa mm-hmm. this year. You look at what they did last year with Indiana offensively, they did about the same thing this year. Same thing with Pitt. Uh, I think that's the interesting part. The teams that they've had as a repeat on the schedule have kind of played out the same way, except they beat Pitt, but the numbers have actually been pretty close to what they were last year against the same teams. 
Yeah, I, I, I mean, I totally agree. And, and if you look at the Iowa numbers, it, it's scary how close they are. I mean, and and, and you you want to. I mean, you look at the final scores, those numbers weren't particularly close. But Penn State left points on the field against Iowa. And the big difference right. there is that game's on the road. So, yeah, it, it's, yeah I think that you, you kind of hinted at it, I think. But, but fans expected this offense to never be stopped. I mean, they expected Blake Gillikin to stand on the sideline all year. And, 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 and no, no turnovers and Barkley to score a touchdown at the end of every drive. And, that's just not realistic, but but they, they've they've played extremely well. They've they've matched their numbers from last year, which were gaudy numbers. I'm not sure how they could have improved summarily across the board and in every area, but you know they have. And you know, I think a lot of it is you know Barkley has stepped up his game this year. You know it's a, he's kind of been the replacement for Godwin in, in the passing game. I think where where he stepped up and made those big plays. And and I understand that the fan concern that if you know what happens if if Barkley doesn't have that that kind of game or, or, or something like that. But, you know, he's Saquon Barkley. He's, he's, been, he's probably the best player in the country, and you, you, you want to use that guy. <laughs> you, you don't, you don't, you know, it, there's no real other option in the clutch except for, for that guy. So, so I, I think they've I, – I, the long and short of it is I don't think there's a real problem with the offense. And, hey, look, they've only played in September so far, and this offense got a lot better as last season went on too. So I would expect the same to happen here. That's a good point. Uh, I have likened this run for anybody to the college football playoff that you have to take an NCAA basketball tournament mentality, survive and advance. And I feel through the first five weeks, Penn State has survived five times, and they've advanced each time. USC didn't advance last week. Two weeks ago, Oklahoma State did not. How do you view that? Yeah, it's kind of the same. I mean, it, it, the same, I, I think people get up in arms that, you know, there's, a, there, there's this committee that's going to pick. And, 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 I, and I get it. There's, there's got to be a better way than that. I mean, that, that I, that I, we could talk for two hours about, about my thoughts on the committee. But and we, won't, we won't bore people with that today. But, but I, I think that, that there's this thought that this, this, this group could keep a team out if they don't look super impressive every second of every game. And, and, and the bottom line is that doesn't happen because everybody else eliminates themselves. If, if you're there at the end and you have a great case, they're going to be considered. Now, did it work out for Penn State last year? No. So, But I, I think your, your point is correct. If, if you win your games, you're going to the tournament. And, and you're going to be there at the end. And, 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 and nothing, you know, if you lose a game, which most teams do, I mean, the vast, vast majority of them do. Then, then you're at the the, at the mercy of the committee, and, and and a lot of things, you know, go into that, you know, schedule and when you lose and and things like that that aren't necessarily fair. But you know, end of the end of the road, if you win and you survive and you advance, you will continue to advance, and and, and I, I think that's uh, you know, that, that's the mentality Penn State has. I think they've adopted it since last October. They've you know, Franklin and, and that staff have done a great job kind of ingraining that as the culture. And, you know, they, they, they don't care about anything except this game. And it, that's, not, that's not just joking around. They, 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 I think they really believe that, and it helps. So, yeah, I, 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 I could see that. You win, move on to the next week. And, and, and I guarantee if Penn State wins out, they're going to the tournament. There's nobody who's going to keep them out. So it, it is kind of like a tournament mentality in, in that respect. What have you thought of the defense so far, Donnie? been really good i i think it's getting better um you know the first couple of games i, I think people were concerned you know well, the linebackers aren't putting up these great numbers but the, the, the defensive line was not now as the teams get tougher 
as the offensive lines get better, I think you'll start to see the linebackers put up some numbers. But, but yeah, I think the front seven, which was a question mark to me because up front, you know, they were replacing those two ends, uh, Schwann and Sickles. But they've been good at the end spot. They've been good enough. Even without Torrance Brown, I think they've played well enough. But the real surprise to me, and I hate to qualify as a surprise, because I thought they'd be good in the secondary, but they've been playing out of their mind. But, you know, I, I can make a really good argument. Grant Haley's been the best player of the defense, and I, and I, you know, he, he's been a real difference maker. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. it, pretty much every game he's he's made a play that that, that that you know really turns the game around for them. So I, I I think that you know they they've they've gotten really good in an area where you know they could have gotten really good, and they they've been good at linebacker and, and, and up front they've been solid. So I, I think top to bottom, you know that they've you know, I, I would say they've they've been. They've been way above average, and and you want to you know look at it statistically again. How many points do these guys give up? Very very few. Even the Iowa game, I mean they gave up a couple touchdowns on big plays, and one at the end of the half is, is after the fumble, after after the turnover. So I'm not even sure what the fumble now. It's starting to run together on me, but but yeah, it, right. It, it's it, right after the turnover they give up a, a touchdown, and that's when you see you normally see a touchdown given up there. So yeah, I, I think that the defense. I mean. If you want to look at it? They've they, they've they've been the reason Penn State's been blowing teams out. No, no question. The field position part: the average drive start for Penn State's the thirty-five yard line. The average drive start for the opponent is the twenty-three yard line. That's through five games. And when you put it together and do some addition and subtraction and so forth, that's about 163 yards per game that Penn State's getting the advantage on. What has that done to allow James Franklin at times to play a chess game on the field? Oh, a lot. It's that's that's the area where they've improved the most, no question. End of debate over the last couple of years, and and you know it's it, it's a it's a big deal. I mean, you you look at it as I mean just those numbers, the thirty-five and the twenty-three. That's an extra first down another team has to get, and yeah, it's yeah, and 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 we're talking average. There's there's a lot of time. I mean. It, if you want to, be, if you want to get technical about it, if if I had to guess the numbers and I didn't know them off the top of my head, I'd guess Penn State's field position was better and the opponents was worse because it seems like they're they're so often in the shadow of their own end zone inside their twenty, inside their ten, something like that. So it's you know Blake Gilligan's a uh, he's a real weapon because he can pin you back, you know, he, he can make you drive the length of the field, and and, and the way they've been covering kicks and punts, you know, there doesn't it doesn't seem like they're going to get beat in that area of the game. I mean, I mean, I think a lot of people have been asking this week about special teams after last week, but, you know, the Northwest, last time they were at Northwestern, they lost that game pretty much because they gave up an L times, uh, you know, some, some deep kickoff returns in that game. They won for a touchdown. In a game to lose by two, when you give up a kickoff return for a score, that, 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 that's a big deal. So, so their, their coverage units, I think, they're probably, they've probably been the best in the country. I'd go that far. And, and, and and I I think they're they're going to get better also. I it's it is really it, it makes your defense a lot better when you know you can make a couple of mistakes and even if you make a couple of mistakes early in the drive, the opponent still might be inside the fifty. And not only that, I mean, Donnie, what is the caliber of athlete met on some of these units? Because when they were down to 65 scholarships, there were a lot of walk-ons manning that spot. Mm-hmm. With all due respect to them, who worked very hard. Yeah, and I don't think they were ever awful on, on coverage. I mean, they, I mean, they gave up some big returns those years, which you would expect. But I expected them to be significantly worse than that, honestly, and they played well. But now, I mean, Irvin Charles is the 
the prime example. If you want to look at him, I mean, Irvin Charles is six foot four, two hundred twenty, two hundred twenty-five pounds, whatever he is. Runs a four-four. He's all arms and legs, and he's running down at. He's the gunner on special teams. He's he's who's blocking him. <laughs> there, there's nobody. There, there's nobody his size out there for any other team. So he, he's a. I mean, maybe Alabama has a guy like that. But but uh, you know Indiana doesn't. I, and I'm telling you, Northwestern doesn't either. So he, he's a. You know, you talk about matchup problems on the field. He might be the biggest mismatch that you're mm-hmm. going to find. I mean, <laughs> in, in any game Kent State plays, someone trying to block him on special teams. And, and you, you look across, and they have a lot of guys like that. I mean, Cole Farmer was a special teams player before before he became a starter. And you know, Nick Scott's an exceptional, exceptional special teams player. So they, they've. You know, they've really been able to take guys who three, four, five years ago would have been starting out of necessity and put them on special teams where they're making a much bigger contribution and, 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 and they're excelling. And, and, and Charles Huff, I don't think he gets enough credit for the, for the job he does right. because, I mean, if you want to, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm sure they have an assistant coach of the year award, but. He, he's got to be in the running. He's, he's the special teams coach for Penn State and, 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 then, and the running backs coach. What, what two positions have been better in college football? All right. All right. That's a good. That's a really good point. Uh, finally, Donnie Northwestern. What do you think about the matchup? This one, I, I know there's you know people are scared about it, and you know I, I, I would be. I mean, Northwestern's a good, solid team, and they they, they have a quarterback who can move. Thorson's a good. He's a winner. He's he's. You know, and, and and you know, then Jackson's a good running back, and you know, and they they have a great coach who can game plan you, and they have a solid defense. And it's it's the kind of game where if you go in there and you're not at your best, you can find yourself in the game in the fourth quarter, like they like they did a couple of years ago. Now that said, if Penn State goes out and scores a couple of touchdowns early in the game, puts you know puts themselves up, you know, you know, fourteen nothing, something like that, Northwestern's gonna have a very difficult time, kind of trying to navigate their way back into that game. But, but this is a you know. They say trap game, and I don't think this team believes in that. I, I, I think I don't think they look beyond the next game. I, I really think they've kind of mastered that, which is kind of interesting because you know, it, it's hard for a lot of teams to do, especially teams at the top of the rankings. You know, guys trying to play for down the road. But but these guys, I, I you know, I don't think they're going to overlook Northwestern for you know for, for anything. So, so, but I you know if if Northwestern manages to keep it close early, I, I think it'll be a you know it, it, it's, it's something that. It could give uh, a long afternoon to a lot of Penn State fans, but I, I think Penn State could be all right. Donnie, always a pleasure. It's great to hear you in that analysis on the other end. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Steve. Donnie Collins, Scranton Times Tribune. Always a pleasure to have Donnie on the show. One of the many great beat writers that cover Penn State football. We will come back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. 
The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Outstanding Dana O'Neill on the show tomorrow. We'll talk about the college basketball scandal and about the money that flows into college basketball and the pros and cons of it and how the layers of this have been unwrapped by the FBI. The FBI is the resources to do what you're seeing here. The NCAA really doesn't. Uh, in the FBI has subpoena power. And they also have the fear of God. And <laughs> this is the FBI. <laughs> okay, this isn't good. As opposed to the NCAA wants to talk to you. Yeah, yeah, fine. Let's tell them to wait in the lobby. FBI would like to talk to you. Bring them in. So we'll talk to her tomorrow about that. Our high school previews tomorrow with our announcers that and the games that you'll hear on the Sunbury Broadcasting family of stations, Milton on WMLP, Lewisburg on 100.9 The Valley, Sealands Grove on the Eagle one, uh, 107.9, and, of course, Shigalemi here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. And my brother with picks tomorrow. We're looking forward to that. There's a lot going on. 1-800-795-9565, 1-800-795-9565. We've uh, done, I think, what we can to keep this in the realm of talking sports. Having yeah, a little fun maybe off to the side with some personnel in the station, but uh, you know, sports is what we know, so since that's what we know, that's what we talk about. Now, you can dispute how much we know, but it's more than we know about other things. How about that? And tonight will be the National League playoff. Last night, the Yankees fell behind 3 nothing. The second D.D. Gregorius hit the three-run homer to tie the game in the bottom of the first. Look, that's it. It's over. Now, if the Twins could have gotten out of that, they actually had a chance to tack on two more runs in the first game. They led this thing 5 nothing, and they shut the Yankees down in the bottom half. They probably would have won the game last night. But they went to the bullpen. They got rid of the starter after a third. So did they have no choice at that point to, to give them the hook? <laughs> the guy's throwing BP. I mean, so if he's going to go out there and throw batting practice, and by the way, I, I, I have no idea who was behind the plate last night, but that strike zone was so tight. If you're a pitcher, you didn't have much of a chance last night. I, I just kind of wondering, okay, if he stays in there, is it really going to turn into like 33 nothing? If If this had been a regular season game in July... He would have stayed in. But when it's a one-game playoff and you lose, you're out. You manage the game differently. 
because you can't afford to lose. So you can't afford prolonged mistakes as opposed to a regular season game in July where you might give them a little more latitude to somehow get out of it. Because now you're thinking, okay, do I want to use up my bullpen here? I'm starting using my bullpen left and right, and I still got two more games in this series, and I got another series to go to in Baltimore, and then I got to go to Texas. Do I want to blow out my bullpen tonight? As opposed to one game playoff, I lose, and we're all packing our bags and leaving. I got to go to my bullpen now, and I'll figure out how to recover in the next round. Now, remember the next round, when they go to play Cleveland tomorrow, the Yankees have an entirely new 25 man roster to declare. Now, they may go with exactly the same 25 guys they just went with, or they may make one or two changes. But you do declare a new 25-man roster each round. And the Yankees don't have to do that until late tomorrow afternoon. May want to add another pitcher in there. Possibility. Or you may not want to make any, any changes. Now, for the Indians, people wonder why Trevor Bauer is starting game one and not Corey Kluber, and Kluber is without question one of the uh, true aces of all aces. He's one of the five best starting pitchers in the game. But the way they explain it is it's Bauer's turn to pitch, and Kluber would be a natural wrestling game two. Oh, and by the way, Kluber can pitch game five. Okay. In a five-game series, I buy that. Now, take a look at tonight, John Gray for Colorado and Zach Greinke for Arizona. Both managers tonight have to throw their ace. I mean, Bud Black has no choice but to throw John Gray. Same story for Arizona. They have to throw their ace, which means here's the penalty that you face. As the wild card team versus the divisional champion, your ace can only pitch one game in the divisional series instead of two. Because you can't bring him back twice. I mean, it's just natural rest dictates they probably would be the pitcher and starter in game three. And in a five game series, that's it. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Roots 11 and 15 in Hummels Ward. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Great to have you with us on the show today. Sean's wife, Deb, doing better by the day. Great news. She appreciates all the well wishes she received from all of you. Great audience, as always. Of course, everybody in the station, well, the vast majority, have been very concerned about her. There's only been one person that really made it about themselves. It's kind of sad. Poor guy. <laughs> I know. <laughs> no, I've had surgery. Okay, great. Yeah, Drew Goodman on for the Colorado Rockies. I've been to Denver. (laughs) (laughs) Connie Collins on. I've been to Scranton. (laughs) 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 So she's sitting there like, okay. 
I mean, the, the late story in the news was about the Northumberland prison. I've been to Northumberland. Okay, I've been to jail. <laughs> Wait, what? Right, hold on. Walk it back. I think we, I think we got, I think we got a story there. News alert. Text it. Hold on. <laughs> We should check in and see how everything's going over at HR. (laughs) One-game playoff tonight. Now, this has been a great debate about whether this should be a multi-game playoff or a one-game playoff. And when it first came out, I was staunchly in favor. Look, you got to be a best of three or something like that, whatever. But I'll say this. The one-game playoff is pretty exciting to watch. It does bring with it a level of excitement in a do-or-die mode, sports-wise. Something you rarely get, for example. You don't really get this in the NBA, the NHL, or Major League Baseball because they're all multi-game series, and the only time you get it is, oh, Game 7. Well, you start out the playoffs with Game 7. One team wins, one team is out. So, and I would think the wild card is here to stay because I just don't think there's going to be any time soon that they're going to streamline the season under 160 games to make room for, in lieu of a wild card, a, a best of three. Yeah, and for example, you take uh, the Yankees won last night. They play right away with Cleveland tomorrow night. So they're right back in action. 48 hours later, they've got the Indians. And tomorrow the Red Sox will play the Astros down in Houston. So that's what you have. You're right into these divisional playoffs. But you do start out with that one-game, game seven feel. Now, the argument, and I completely understand... The argument is, so you get to game 163, and that's how you're eliminated. Now, I understand that argument. I do. But I will say from the viewing point of view, the one game brings with it that atmosphere and that juice that's a little bit different than what you see in the NBA, NHL, or Major League Baseball where you're you're allowed that fudge factor where you can lose a game but you're 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 not out of it. So tonight, this time it's Col- and and this has been lining up for months that Colorado and Arizona would be playing each other. It's been lining up for months this way. And they'll finally get a chance to play tonight for the right to go and play the Dodgers. And the Dodgers right now, after looking invincible in June, July, and August, looked very, very vulnerable in September. All right. Penn State football Saturday. Ryan Field Evanston. I know the masses are worried about the 11 a.m. kickoff. You do know that it's still noon, right? It's 11 a.m. for Northwestern. I 
Now, obviously, Penn State doesn't get many of these noon kickoffs anymore. When you're playing the level Penn State's playing at, you're getting a lot of 3.30s and a lot of nights. Now, they haven't announced yet what Michigan's going to be. Well, we already know, for example, Ohio State's a 3.30 game. Now, that would have been at night had it not been for the World Series, because Fox is carrying both. (coughs) Excuse me. And it's interesting talk. I think when it comes to Trace McSorley, I had said at the beginning of the year, because he was a 55-56% passer last year. And remember what I said on the show, Sean? It's the same thing I told groups as well, that I'd like to get him to, to get him up to about 60%. Remember that? Well, he's hitting 65%. He's got a 3-to-1 touchdown-to-interception ratio, 12-to-4, and they're 5-0 and as a team. Are there some areas where Trace McSorley can be a little better? Of course there are. Of course there are. There are times where he does a great job of leading guys in the yards after the catch. There are also other times they got to reach back and get it. Okay, so you want a little more precision leading guys into the yards after the catch. He's done a really good job of knowing where Saquon Barkley is. Uh, you look at the two uh, touchdown passes he threw to Deshaun Hamilton. Those are two perfectly thrown balls. The one to the northwest corner near the pylon it's put in a spot where really he's the only one to make the play. The one he put to the southwest corner in the second half was perfectly thrown. We're allowed Deshaun Hamilton to go up to the high point and get the ball. So before, so, the, so before the Yankees yeah. game came on last night, uh, I watched Unrivaled, the Penn State football story. I, I re- had it on the DVR. I was watching it on the iPad uh, from the Iowa game. And just the poise that he has and the no-quit not out of it, and the little blip they had from the locker room at halftime. Just, uh, just a fearless leader, an absolute flat-out winner of only losing eight games in his entire football career so far. Some guys are like that. I mean, when you look at him at quick glance, he barely looks like he's seventeen, eighteen years old, but uh, just, uh, just has that quality of a well-experienced, fearless leader that has been at this a very, very long time. Well, this goes back to what I've talked about many times during this offseason leading into this year. I said, like a really, you know, since the baseball playoffs are going on right now, you're going to look at Zach Greinke tonight and John Gray. Well, you know what those two guys have in common, especially Greinke, who's a veteran? They they trust their stuff. You know, if something isn't quite working, they know it, so they, they go to something else and they get get in a groove as to what they know is working for them. So they trust their stuff. They don't nibble. They don't try to fool you. They trust who they are and how they go about their business. And that's Trace McSorley as a quarterback. He trusts his stuff. He knows the right spot to throw the ball. He knows the spots he's not supposed to throw it to. He knows the velocity that is needed on certain plays. He also knows when he's not capable of making a play. You know, my skill set, my arm is not capable of making that play, so I'm going to tuck it and I'm going to run. He's very smart about that. And I think that is something about him that I don't think is talked about enough, that you have to have the ability to understand what your capabilities are and then keep the capabilities in in that box. And that's really important because everybody has a box 
and what their capabilities are. And whomever you happen to be in life, I don't care what you're doing. I don't care if you're a welder, if you're a football player, if you're a broadcaster, if you're an insurance salesman, whatever it happens to be, every time you stray outside of your capabilities and your comfort zone, and you stray outside of that, how uneasy do you get? And when you're uneasy, how capable are you at excelling at a high level? But when you put your capabilities back inside the box, now we go back into who you are, what you are, and you understand all that. And now everything is fit within the your capabilities that you're confident in. What does that do for you as a person? Suddenly you're a better insurance agent. That welding job you have is right up your alley. Right? That job you have in sales right up your alley. As opposed to doing something that's not quite there. Same thing goes for a quarterback. Right? Try to do something that's not quite up your alley. Oh, now the opportunity of mistakes comes into play. But you do things, if you understand the parameters of your skill set, now you, now you can make plays because you're confident in what you're doing because it's right up your alley. That's Trace McSorley. That's Trace McSorley. And I think that's a big that's a big part of of him. Oh, obviously, you got a really good backup in Tommy Stevens. He's you know he he can be a difference maker in games. But the bottom line is, you've got a quarterback out there right now that is. Let me see here. Fourteen and one in his last fifteen starts. That's not bad. And he's a big reason why they're 14-1. And again, in the Iowa game, you're down, you're on the road, crowd's going crazy. The best way to approach what he did is with patience. Even though there is a tendency to sit back and say... Okay, look, I got to get a chunk play somewhere and kind of change the tone of what's going on. Nope, there's a minute 42 left. Bing, 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 bing. And he patiently worked his way up the field. Took what the defense gave him, stayed within his capabilities, didn't force any balls. Now, does he need to improve on certain things? Uh, was it Andrew yesterday? Sent us the very thoughtful email. Yes. For example, in the pit game, he was throwing high. Yeah, Jack and I pointed that out in the broadcast. And that is sometimes letting emotion get the best of you. Anytime you see a, th- a quarterback consistently throw high, consistently overthrow early in a game, that's you need to steady the nerves at that point. And what you do, believe it or not, to steady the nerves, how do you steady the nerves in a situation like that? Okay, You haven't run the football once or twice. Or they go out there, they take it, and they get smacked. Sometimes that does the trick to settle somebody down and get them into the field of the football game. Now, that's not what Trace wants to hear. I think you need to be hit. <laughs> no. <laughs> we'll come back with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK. 
Penn State and Northwestern Saturday at noon. 10.30 will be the airtime for the Dietzel Watson tailgate show. We were talking earlier, the Sean's wife, Deb, doing much better day by day. It's going to, you know, it's not the easiest, but day by day, she's getting better, and which is great news. And she's very grateful, by the way, as is Sean, for all the outpouring of support. It's been wonderful. And then there's been this one corner, the suit, uh, talking about the one-year anniversary of his heart procedure. Uh, and we had to point out to him that, like this is about Deb, isn't it? That was last year. <laughs> yeah, year ago. It's like, so a, co- it's like I, a coach I, going into a new season. Last year was last year. <laughs> yeah. So I told Sean, I said, you know, kind of, I said the soul suit thing reminds me of the movie Jaws. <laughs> movie Michael appreciate this, and where they're sitting in the boat at night, and Quint, Robert Shaw, Richard Dreyfus, and of course the chief Roy Scheider are all sitting there. And Quint starts telling the story about the USS Indianapolis, that he was on the Indianapolis that delivered the atomic bomb. But he said their their mission was so secret that nobody knew they were out there. Well, they get hit by a torpedo, and the ship sunk. And they were out there at the mercy of the sharks. So Quint then shows his scar from his battle in the water with a shark after the Indianapolis was sunk. And Dreyfus is sitting there. And, of course, he's done a lot of underwater excursions and talks about his meeting with a great white shark, and he shows his scar. Meanwhile, they go to the chief. In this case, it would be the suit. Who looks down and sees his appendectomy scar? It's like, like come on, that's just, that's not so. That's what this is. <laughs> Movie Mike's gonna love the fact that we did this. Yes, <laughs> great reference point. To me, that's the equivalent of this. Like, uh, like oh, okay, great. All right. So, so tonight, Arizona and Colorado, the one game playoff. Then tomorrow uh, it kicks into another gear with the Red Sox and Astros playing and Yankees and Indians are playing tomorrow night. So the playoffs will really get into a new gear. But it'll be a one-gamer tonight at Chase Field in Phoenix. So you'll have your DVR set for tomorrow since uh, Red Sox will get going during hour two of our show. Then you'll be scooting over to Permanis to hang with the coach and... Well, they have lots of TVs up there. That's true. So at some point during the show tomorrow night, and I look over and I said, do you think they should have bunted Benintendi? <laughs> <laughs> that that means I'm not concentrating. <laughs> I mean, Mookie's on first, James. I mean, I, I, honestly, I think Benintendi can bunt him over, don't you? <laughs> hey, that may not be right. Then there'll be this guy in the back saying, you know, I bunted once. <laughs> <laughs> You're the one with the appendectomy scar. Get out of here. <laughs> 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 I 
You're you're gonna go home and tell her this stuff, and all of a sudden she's gonna be sitting there. The staples are gonna be pulling a bit. You know, the first thing I'll ask her: When was the last time you took your meds? <laughs> you're gonna need it. Are you in pain? <laughs> now, how about the Clemson coaches, players, and staff? They wrapped up practice yesterday, and they rushed to the aid of a student involved in a car accident just a few hundred yards from the team's football facilities. The Dabo Sweeney was addressing the team at the conclusion of their practice yesterday when a collision occurred on Perimeter Road, which is near Clemson's practice field. The car slid about 100 feet down an embankment along the side of the road coming to rest near the Seneca River, which runs alongside the Clemson practice facility, if you've never been down there. Clemson players and support staff rushed the scene with Sweeney gathering players for a prayer while several trainers, student managers, and the team's videographer, who happens to be a military veteran, swam across the river to reach the freshman, Clary Miles. They provided assistance until emergency services arrived, and student assistant Thomas Austin then rode in the ambulance with Miles to the hospital where Sweeney visited Miles last night. When we got to the edge of the water, I think our entire team was ready to jump in and help Sweeney, said... I held them off to let those who were experienced in the area go across. Miles, a student worker in the Clemson football office going to the school, and was a classmate of Sweeney's son, Will, at nearby Daniel High. He said, Sweeney said, look, he said, the accident became very personal very quickly. I've known Clary since he was eight years old. Very thankful that we were out there and could get to him as quickly as we could and then direct EMS to where he was. It might have been a while before anyone found him if he wasn't there, if uh, we weren't there. Miles is, by the way, recovering the hospital from injuries suffered in the accident, but his mother, Paula Miles, released a statement through the school. She said, I want to tell everyone how grateful we are to everyone associated with the Clemson football program that helped my son. I'm especially grateful to the trainers and managers and others who swam to help Clary and get him out of the car. Wow. Quite a story, huh? Quite a story. Thank needed, goodness we, need, we needed that this week. Yes. Don't hear so, enough of those. So good news there. Really good. And it sounds like he's going to be okay, and he's going to be okay because of the great work of and how quickly everybody got there. Our thanks to Donnie Collins today for being on the show from the Scaran Times Tribune. As we talk Penn State football, thanks to Drew Goodman from the Rockies Broadcasting Network to preview Arizona and Colorado tonight. Tomorrow, Dana O'Neill. Talk about the basketball scandal. My brother on with picks. Steve Williams on the show tomorrow. Greg Wetzel on the show tomorrow. On the after show. No. <laughs> we'll have the suit. Zach Showers on the show tomorrow. Boom. Shakalaka. You're listening to News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury. You can hear us anywhere in the world with the Sunbury Broadcasting Corporation app.